Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, as the Bucks get back on track. I guess you could say that. They beat the Magic 114 to 102. Uh, let's just say that this game was a grind. We'll get into this in just a little bit. Before I do that, I'll remind you today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Now, before I jump into anything here, Frank, I have to acknowledge a a mistake on my behalf that was pointed out by one of the loyal listeners, uh, Van Fayaz, I believe is the name on Twitter, at LowhouseFan over there. So he texted me this morning. So yesterday I went solo, and this is why I can't be trusted. When I go solo, I go off the rails. Uh, I've got a bunch of notes in front of me, a bunch of numbers, and some of the teams that I read out in terms of the three-point shooting against the Bucs, I was wrong. I was looking at the wrong notes. I don't know what to say. I was literally just flat out wrong, so I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, to start there. Some of those teams I read out, Houston has hit 20-plus threes twice against the Bucs. Minnesota did it once, Boston once, but some of those teams, I was just looking at the wrong shit. I don't know what to say. I have to acknowledge that. One of my favorite TV shows growing up was PTI. And, uh, and they taught me a life lesson, Frank. If you make a mistake, acknowledge it. It happens from time to time. So I apologize for that. I think the premise of what I was saying, the idea was uh, what I believe, but uh, I, I made a mistake. So I have to acknowledge that, uh, which is more embarrassing for me than anything else. But Frank, this game, I can't remember a game against the Orlando Magic that I've walked away from in the last few years and really enjoyed watching. Like I, I don't think that it produces the most entertaining games of Bucks basketball that we've seen. But this was hard work, let's be honest. And and I'm at the point where I just cannot wait for the playoffs to begin because these games are, are pretty difficult to watch. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think we're all sort of battling, um, you know, fatigue. And it, it, I, don't, I don't know if this qualifies as the dog days of the NBA season, but um, <laughs> there certainly is that, that feeling. I mean, it could be worse. We could be in an 82-game season, right? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the Bucks are to some extent kind of going through the motions here. And, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Tom Haberstow wrote an article a, a few years ago about how generally like the idea of teams like finishing really strong and building, like peaking at the right time, building a bunch of momentum at the end of the season, like, isn't really something that has borne out, you know, in terms of how those teams end doing the playoffs. Um, so I guess that's maybe a silver lining here. Even though the Bucks have actually been winning games of late, um, yeah. you know, other than other than that that Spurs debacle, which um, I really lucked out on, and then that was the, that's like the one game this season that literally was blacked out for me that there was no way for me to watch um, live. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I could have like found some illegal stream, but I was just like, eh, whatever. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't know that there is much to take away from from these games. I think just health is probably the only real, real 
substantive thing. And then, um, you know, I think certainly like just guys like Dante who had been in a, a funk in April, you know, seeing him turn things around here in May and continuing that tonight, I think is generally a positive thing just because, you know, with players like him, you just, you just don't know uh, if, if a slump is just going to be an a prolonged thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, this was kind of a, again, this was a game that will be uh, easily forgotten in the, the annals of history. Uh, <laughs> just sort of a strange game. Like it never felt like the Bucks were running away with it. It never felt like magic were, a real threat to actually make it really competitive. It just sort of like stayed at, I don't know what, like between like seven and 14 points in terms of margin for like an eternity. It felt like including by the final when bucks win by 12. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't think there's really a whole lot to, to draw from it. You know, <laughs> the, we, we saw the Spurs hit everything the other night, last night, um, tonight, Orlando just, doesn't hit much 45% on twos, 10 out of 30 on threes, 99 uh, offensive rating for them. Um, And so, you know, again, like we can have these, these debates like every, every time the Bucks play, right. Of like, okay, how good were they defensively? It's like, I I don't know, (laughs) disinterested to a a large extent. I I mean, I don't think the Bucks were like locked in tonight. Um, they sort of did their thing and they have some talented defenders and they also just sort of looked at, you know, Cole Anthony and, and others that the <laughs> magic had and said, all right, you know, shoot jump shots, go ahead and shoot jump shots. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that was pretty much all, all they needed. And it was just sort of the talent deficit, um, uh, kind of, kind of obviously I think ultimately did, uh, did the magic in cause it's not like, I mean, the Bucks got a solid night from Giannis, 27 on 18 shots, 12 rebounds, five assists, three steals. But um, Chris Middleton shot horribly. Drew Holiday shot really poorly. Um, so, you know, two out of your three big guns really did not offensively play well at all. Um, so I think after last night when all those guys shot the ball well, <laughs> you got blown out to sort of underscores how strange, you know, the NBA can be. But uh, lots of contributions up and down the starters with, Brooke scoring 17, Dante with 19 points on 12 shots. So again, you know, him and kind of continuing what he, he's been doing. And Bobby Porter didn't shoot well, but 10 rebounds, 15, 15 rebounds, 10 points in 21 minutes. He kind of packed the, the score sheet a little, a little bit. So, you know, ultimately enough, pretty, pretty, you know, still a little below average offensive game from the Bucks, but um, yeah, just sort of grinding it out got to win, check the box and and kind of move on here on the second night of a back-to-back uh, coming off a, a road game yesterday. We haven't had a chance to speak for a few days. So I, generally I agree with you, the fact that, and this has been the case all season long, when you play a team like Orlando, it's like, okay, what can we actually break down from this game? Because you're not learning anything, I think, that's going to impact you in the postseason series. Uh, that's for sure. It is funny. I mean, I guess we played them in the first round last year, but a very different team. Of course, they had DJ Augustine running the show back then. But Quickly before I get to that, Dante DiVincenzo in May, six games now, averaging 13 points per game. He's 15 for 37 from three, so that's 40%. So, yep, that, that's a really nice bounce back. Uh, I totally agree. As far as getting through these games healthy, there was at least a little scare early in the game. It appears, well, and, and particularly because it's Mo Wagner. So let's, let's get to this, first of all. These guys really don't like each other. Uh, Giannis tries to Euro step around him. 
they collide. Uh, there wasn't anything dirty in this play, uh, in this instance, or anything untoward here. But Giannis hits the ground and he's holding what I was concerned at first was a hip. It looks like he might have taken some sort of shot to the Wallabies there. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, no whistle. And Thanasis picks up a tech foul for having some words with the official, let's say that from the bench, to no one's surprise. Thanasis always very quick uh, to stick up for Giannis there. Uh, thankfully, Giannis obviously played out the game. It did look like he just needed some time to uh, catch his breath, let's say that. But the, with Thanasis picking up this tech, I am curious whether Giannis spots him the fine there or, or Thanasis asks him to chip in there and he says, look, I'm, I'm just looking out for you. But do you think that that could be a possibility? I'm, I'm guessing there's just one big bank account for the, <laughs> yeah, for the right, data right. Kumbos, you know, and like the Morris Bros. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I, yeah. And, and, you know, when they're, uh, when the direct deposit hits every two weeks <laughs> or whenever they get paid, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Nasus, you know, tells them like Giannis, it's probably about equal, right? About equal going in for both of them. And maybe not so much, but, um, yeah, when I saw Wagner out there, I was like, oh, God. I know. <laughs> I know. Should, should Giannis have been rested tonight? Uh, it, also, it also just made me think, man, I'm, the Celtics waving him, uh, there's got to be more to that story. That just still seems weird to me that they, that they waved Wagner um, after they picked him up in that trade. Uh, because, man, can you imagine? I mean, the, the Celtics now kind of dealt what seems like a death blow for their season with Jalen Brown being out for the season, their torn ligaments in his wrist. But um, I mean, can you imagine if, if you had to play the Celtics and Giannis had to, you know, stare at Marcus Smart and Mo Wagner flopping around and being dirty and doing all sorts of, you know, Mo Wagner and Marcus Smart bullshit, like for a seven game series, like um, I'm, I'm very glad that Mo Wagner is, is on a, you know, essentially a relevant team like like Orlando um because I mean he, he played well tonight he put up 17 and 13 he was out scoring Giannis for a fair bit of tonight so um you know if you thought that Giannis was going to come out after the incident last year in the bubble where they you know got into it and Giannis headbutted him and then the you know early early incident tonight um the yeah Giannis uh was was fairly restrained although he he did pick up five fouls in the fourth quarter and and that did impact um some of his some of his time on the floor so uh yeah i'm i'm not sad to see the uh the the backside of mo wagner because uh, he's a solid player i mean he's he's i don't know it's interesting how much he's kind of bounced around because i think he's a pretty solid player um and uh certainly when he plays Giannis, he just has a way of you know he's he's smart about flopping and throwing himself to the ground <laughs> and uh uh, unfortunately, that has obviously created some issues at times for for Giannis in the in their short history together. But yes, so Giannis survived a a Mo Wagner matchup, and uh, I wouldn't say a, a banner night from Giannis, but um, you know, pretty patient. And uh, I thought, you know, is that little that little turnaround we saw that a, a few times looked looked pretty good. Um, and uh, ultimately, you know, a, a tidy if not dominant performance from uh, from the reigning MVP. Well, it's good timing for that because I am going to award Giannis the ultra player of the week because, you know, I mean, as you sort of said, I don't think offense has been a problem for this team, but they've been giving up a whole bunch of points to some below average teams. But that generally means that Giannis is able to put up um, some decent numbers. I, I think he deserves it. The Bucks have been winning. They were 4-1 and one or 5-1 and one over their last six now, a couple of those games against the Nets. And uh, remember, with uh, 
Michelob Ultra, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And the one thing I've noticed these last two nights from the Bucks is even yesterday when they were losing, it's the fourth quarter. Chris Middleton, Dante, they're all still laughing on the bench, having a good team. This is the new relaxed feel-good Bucks. This is the way uh, they do things here. Giannis, perhaps the only one who at all times looks a little bit more uh, locked into the game, let's just say. But they seem to be enjoying themselves this season. We haven't got long to wait until the postseason. But Giannis wins the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Giannis is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. I thought we could talk about the standings. And, and I mean, we're going to do this every show. Let's be honest. We always say, okay, the Bucks look like they're locked into the three. And every time we do that, something happens. They give themselves a chance. But perhaps the even more fascinating battle right now is, and we've been discussing this in our DM uh, a little bit, Frank, the four, five, six, and where that's going to play out. So currently, as it stands, if the Lakers beat the Knicks, that game is in progress right now. New York are actually playing pretty well. Uh, if the Lakers win that game, the Knicks, Hawks, and Heat will all be tied at 38 and 31 there's a bunch of different tiebreakers there so these teams can still shuffle around a little bit you hinted in the dm perhaps new york is the team you would like to see most out of those but how closely are you watching this over the next few games because i floated an idea the other day and this is really depending on where the bucks are what they can do but the bucks play miami and if you don't want to play miami i personally don't really care i i it you know it's going to be a mental hurdle there's no doubt about that i get that but i don't really care who they play in the first round they've just got to get through it either way and if it's a disaster i think we've hinted before there'll be some changes that perhaps some fans would be happy about anyway so whatever if you play miami you play miami but if the bucks beat the heat in in a couple of nights time the chances of them facing miami go up it's a it's going to be an interesting situation to see how they play this yeah i've kind of given up on you know it's because it's just so complicated too because i mean (laughs) <clears throat> especially when the Bucks had, you know, the inside line on the two seed. Uh, you know, th- at that point, you don't even know who, you know, even if you do get the two, you don't even know who you're going to face due to the play-in tournament. So that, that introduces a whole other um, layer of complexity to things. So, um, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, logically, I'd, I'd rather play either the Hawks or Knicks just because, you know, I think the yeah. heat at the highest ceiling of those teams. And obviously we've seen what they can do in a playoff series. and. You know, Jimmy Butler is to me scarier than Jimmy Butler and Bam kind of together are scarier than than I probably should throw Goran Dragic in there. Too. <laughs> so they just have like a scarier group of guys to me in a playoff setting than those other teams. And um, but you know, I mean, Atlanta's had a phenomenal record. Um, there's the whole you know, Bogdan destroying the Bucks, even though it's not really revenge because it wasn't it's not really a revenge situation, but you know, just to rub it in the Bucks faces for whatever reason, it just feels like that, that has a, a huge storyline potential. Um, and then the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, the reason I said New York was just cause I mean, they've obviously been playing very well um, and they've been really good defensively. The main reason I picked the Knicks is just, I don't know. Like I, I mean, they've gotten, you know, RJ Barrett's had a good season, um, but like, I, a lot of times, like when I look at these, um, I, I, I focus a lot on like guard play and just like, you know, does the, does the opposing team have like guards and wings that are just like scary and, you know, off the dribble threes and stuff like that. And, you know, like not to take away anything from, from what the Knicks guys have done, you know, Derek Rose has had a good season off the bench, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, again, do those guys like 
scare me. Not really, right? And Julius Randle has been really good this year, but you know, I mean, he's a guy that obviously you feel okay putting putting Giannis on. <laughs> you know, there are not a lot of like pure one-on-one matchups that you know Giannis necessarily gets against good players, but it's sort of a natural one with Randall. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, again, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. It doesn't matter how much I root for, <laughs> for any team or the other. Um, and I think the upside of getting Miami would at least be like, well, you know, let's get the catharsis out of the way in the first round and either you, you know, avenge it, or as you said, then, you know, I mean, if you can't beat the heat in the first round this year, then clearly like stuff has to change. And, you know, um, uh, like, I, I don't know how Mike Budenholzer returns as coach if they lose in the first round against any team, you know, even yeah. if it's a, a pretty good team like the Miami Heat, doesn't matter, right? Like, just the optics, you you have to make a change there. There's just, there's just no way of, of escaping that. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, part of me is just like, it's going to be what it's going to be. And, you know, the last two years, I was much more concerned with trying to, like, chart out what's the Bucks' easiest path to you know, the, the finals, um, this year, I'm just sort of resigned to, again, I don't, I don't expect they'll make it past the second round. Um, you know, especially with just how good Brooklyn is and how high their ceiling can be, you know, when your Harden may come back on Wednesday of this week. Um, so I don't really have high hopes for the playoffs, even though I think the Bucks are a better team this year than, than last year. Um, just because of, again, just the strength of the top of the East and just the way these, these matchups are breaking down. But, um, it's also, I mean, I get it. I know why Giannis is saying like, he doesn't care about seeding and all that, which is especially good when you're, you know, struggling to make up ground and you're kind of stuck in the three seed, <laughs> you might as well act like you don't care about it. Um, but it, <laughs> I don't know. Part of me is just like, okay, guys, like you couldn't, you couldn't navigate, you know, the, the Eastern conference bracket, like when you had pretty favorable matchups. Uh, and now like there's a possibility you get Miami, Brooklyn, Philly as your, the three teams you have to go through. And it's like, oh, you don't care about matchups. Okay. Well, here you go. Here's like the hardest possible, you know, gauntlet you'll have to go through, which will probably result in you guys losing within, you know, the first or second round. Like, yeah, I think you probably should care about matchups a little bit more because it's, it's definitely making your life harder, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, obviously the flip side is you're going to have to beat, you know, you're going to have to beat Brooklyn at some point anyway. So the argument obviously of like, well, you might as well get him earlier rather than later when they've had maybe a little more chance to gel. I mean, I guess we could maybe talk ourselves into that, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think this year you can take anything for granted, even in the first round. Um, And, you know, hopefully the Bucks kind of find that extra gear and, you know, show that maybe the, the lack of impressiveness of late has been more just a matter of them just sort of, grinding out these last games of the regular season but um i don't know those those all three of those teams i think you'd certainly make cases for could could make things challenging for the bucks and given i mean i don't trust this bucks team to, in any playoff series at this point so uh i can i can certainly picture the the worst even though i think the the objective viewer would say the bucks will obviously be favored regardless of who they're playing it's built by time frank the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. Everyone that listens to this show knows that I love Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors available now at builtbar.com. So make sure you go check them out. There's coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, 
among others. So just jump on the website and see which one you might want to taste. But if you're not sure, then the good news is you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That'll keep you going for at least a couple of days. The bars are good for you. They're healthy. That's the best thing about it. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar. So uh, get on those and uh, they're good for just a snack during the day, pre-workout, after workout, whatever it may be. Uh, they are perfect for you. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com and then jump across to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline, particularly if you want to bet on the Oakland Athletics. Hopefully, they're the Oakland Athletics for a long time. Get all the news odds and info for all your sporting needs uh, for the NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA uh, involved there as well. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't trust the Bucks either in a playoff series. I should get that out there. Uh, I know I've been saying a lot over the last week that I don't really care if the Bucks end up with Miami, but don't be mistaken for that. Uh, don't be mistaken by that. Uh, for thinking that I believe that they're just going to roll through the heat. That's absolutely not the case. I just, I just think, well, I mean, whatever. Like you, t- you play whoever you want, and if this team thinks that they're going to win a title or they think they can make a deep playoff run, then you should be able to beat Miami. If you don't, then yeah. I mean, you, you got to change some things up. This is multiple years of, of playoffs that have gone wrong as well. So that's kind of just where I'm at. I'm like, look, if you're going to lose... <laughs> let's let's get this over with. Let's see what we've got. So I think it would be a really challenging series. I think the Bucks have been a better team than Miami all season long. Um, but yeah, no doubt it would be an absolute challenge. But you said something at the end there that is interesting to me because, uh, again, you, you've kind of hinted to this, I think, um, during the, the DM chat as well. And I know it's certainly a conversation that's gaining more steam on Twitter. I kind of referenced it on yesterday's pod when I was by myself. But the general idea that you can flip a switch or just turn it on in the playoffs is always something that's been fascinating. Now, I think that people believe with the Lakers, for instance, that when you have a guy like LeBron that has a history of doing this, then, okay, yeah, he might be the exception to the rule. But I do think, generally speaking, uh, you know, we saw it last year with this team that looked pretty awful in the games leading up to the postseason, and they were never really able to shake out of that. Now, I've been pushing back on comparing those two situations to each other and in general pushing back on the idea that I should feel any concern about the fact that the Bucks looked uh, let's say less than 100% engaged against an Orlando Magic team tonight like to me that that doesn't bother me I don't think it's a similar situation to last year at all and we've got an example of just last week where they turned it right up against the Brooklyn Nets we've seen them do that all season long honestly I, I can't think of a game against a really good team where they looked disengaged or or just generally poor like yes you're going to lose some games i get it you're going to miss shots that's going to happen but i think it's been noticeably uh wound back 
against poor teams. I think it's fair to say that this team has played down to the competition and been less consistent than we've expected or come to expect from these two teams in the regular season. So what do you, or how do you generally feel about this Bucks team and the way they've played these last couple of games? Do you think that it should be genuinely a reason for concern? Um, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think the fan base has a tendency to, you know, like swing with, you know, the Bucks are as good as the last game they played to some extent, you know, and I'm, I'm just, you know, like I don't, I'm not doubting the Bucks in the playoffs because of like the Spurs game. Um, I'm doubting the Bucks because of the whole season and the body of work and yeah. also going back the past two years, right. And what we've seen from the coaches, what we've seen from Giannis at the highest level and his struggles and his limitations, um, you know, the supporting cast, obviously, um, you know, you hope obviously that Drew really changes things, adding him into the mix. I think obviously that's the, that's the big, um, the big positive working in their favor, you know, compared to the last two years. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I just, I don't, I try not to let kind of, you know, individual games really swing my opinion that much. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think we were, um, you know, crowning the bucks of anything when they beat the nuts twice. Um, you know, like those are good wins, but you know, good tap the pat on the back, right? Like, okay. Like doesn't really prove, prove anything. It I think is encouraging. Um, but you know, I, I think they're sort of at the point where we just need to see it in the playoffs. We need to see how they're going to react against a team like that in, in the, in a playoff setting, um, a team like Miami in a playoff setting, you know, I mean, I think that that would certainly be the, the one upside of playing Miami is that I think if you beat the heat in the first round, even if it's like six or seven games, I think that would be encouraging (laughs) to be honest. I'd be encouraged if they beat the heat, regardless of the circumstances. Um, you know, if they have to go seven games against the Knicks or Hawks, maybe that's a little less encouraging, but again, at this point, like if you told me like, would you take the bucks winning in seven against pick your first round opponent? Sure. <laughs> fine. Fine. You know, anything to survive in advance, I'll, I'll pretty much take. Cause I, I just don't, I just don't entirely know kind of, you know, how, how things will, how things will fare. Um, you know, the, the bucks have obviously experimented a lot, done different things defensively. You know, are they good at any of those different types of things? Question mark. Um, I think they're, I think we've seen flashes of them being pretty good at times with switching. Um, the zone I hate. I think their zone sucks. Um, I think running their zone for more than like two or three possessions as like a change of pace is just a recipe for getting crushed, um, which made it especially funny that they ran it against the Spurs when the Spurs were like shooting the lights <laughs> to us. So <laughs> against that, but uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, um, you know, I, I think people getting fired up over like the Spurs game. I, I mean, I get it. Like as a fan, I, I get it, but um, I also am just sort of like over, over it. Um, and so I, I, I'd like to think I'm not swayed too easily by one game, good or bad, even though I, I do really, you know, I still really enjoy, especially a good win, you know, um, but, uh, certainly, certainly even the wins here, like squeaking by the, the wizards who've been playing very well, but squeaking by the wizards, you know, um, 
being not exactly impressive against the Rockets and, and Magic now, two teams that obviously uh, suck. Um, that that obviously, you know, you just can't take a whole lot whole lot away from those games. And, um, you know, again, at this point, it's just like I'm reduced to just saying, all right, well, hopefully some of the role players just get on a decent run here. People stay healthy. And uh, you just go into the postseason, like, with some good vibes. Um, and you don't feel like you're, you know, in a rut. Because as you mentioned, they went into the into the first round last year looking like they were in a rut, and um, they never got out of it. You know, and they they obviously eventually figured it out against the Magic, but um, you know, we as we saw in the second round, they really really didn't get back to. You know, I, I still don't feel like that team that we saw in the bubble was you know the same one that we saw earlier in the season, which which is a shame. But um, you know, the past is the past, and um hopefully hopefully this team which obviously there's a lot of differences versus last year but you know Giannis, chris a lot of the role players there's still a lot of overlap in coaching obviously you hope that that there isn't a uh here we go again type um type mindset you know if they once they face some adversity because they obviously will at some point in the playoffs well said and you know the interesting thing about this year is that when we talk about carrying momentum and all those types of uh, things that people make up and put more emphasis on than others or whatever it may be is that they're going to have a week off, (laughs) which uh, I always makes me, it always makes me feel a little bit anxious. You know, if the team was playing really, really well or someone like Dante sitting all those threes and it's like, okay, now you've got a week off. We'll see you in game one. It's, it's going to be a strange situation next week. Once the regular season does wrap up, but uh, we did get some good news. We know that game one will at least definitely be at Fiserv Forum. We know that for a fact. We don't know about home court moving forward after that. And 50% capacity, there's going to be more fans in there. So at least, you know, you'll get a, a sense of a, of a true home court advantage. And uh, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, the Bucks have got a better record at home. They're not too far over 500 on the road. So home court, uh, you know, could mean something because that was one of the at least excuses we could throw out there last year. Uh, with that series in Miami. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, a couple of guests we got lined up next week, by the way, just to throw it in there. Zora is going to be coming back on the show and I'm working on a couple others as well because we'll have all week, if the Bucks finish third, to discuss the first round series. It's going to be chaotic. I don't know how we're going to stretch that out over a week, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, Frank, any last thoughts from this big win over Orlando? Well, um, on the topic of attendance, um, just looking at, some of the teams we've been mentioning. So the Hawks uh, are going to have 7,600 fans at State Farm Arena mm-hmm. for playoff games. So they're going to have at least some some fans. Brooklyn, um, until further notice, they're only at 10% capacity. The New York State guidelines are, are I guess, fairly strict. Um, and then uh, Miami, uh, they're opening up uh, two sections of the lower bowl for fully vaccinated fans. Um, and so uh, they, they, I don't know, here it's just saying 2,000 fans per game, but, um, but I'm, not, I'm not really sure if, if that's uh, entirely accurate. I mean, like, let's be honest, Florida, you don't really associate Florida with really conservative uh, <laughs> I, assumed, rules I assumed it was going to be that. 110%, actually. I thought that yeah. was some overflow. <laughs> Just a big pool party, just, <laughs> just, just nobody wearing clothes um, at, at heat games. Um, but uh, so, so I don't know that, that that's certainly an interesting dynamic. And then um, the Knicks are also similarly uh, limited at 10% right now of capacity due to the same, same reason for Brooklyn. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, neither of us 
has been to a game. I know we've talked about this with with Eric um, since he's been actually in some of these in some of the arena stuff. I, it seems like the piped in fan noise, from what I understand, is probably much more of an a factor than the actual fan, fan noise at this point. Um, but perhaps with you know um, nine thousand fans, that will finally flip a bit. But um, you know, I mean, just think about it, right? Like nine thousand fans at a normal NBA game would be like a pretty sad crowd. Um, it would be it's obviously a little different in the playoffs where it's nine thousand people who are really engaged. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really even. I'm not really. Sh- I, I personally imagine the crowds really are not much of a factor. It's more, probably more just the familiarity, going to sleep in your own bed, like just having more of a kind of clear routine. I think it's and, and just you know the gym and all that. I think that's to me that's probably more of the home court factor than the fans cheering and, and doing stuff. But um, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, um, certainly it's an interesting dynamic, especially with Brooklyn. Um, in the second round, Nets don't exactly have a reputation for having a uh, you know very strong fan base, regardless. Uh, but if they're also very limited on top of that, um, that could obviously diminish the extent to which you know that second versus third seed um, potential home court advantage. Maybe that obviously doesn't matter as much as it might otherwise. But I'm probably getting ahead of myself a little bit there. We'll see. We'll see if uh, if all that still holds. Uh, you know weeks from now when when those matchups might happen <laughs> yeah well i will say uh, i've been watching a fair bit of the knicks lately and when they play at madison square garden that 10 percent sounds like 100 percent. those fans are pretty fired up at the moment so uh, i'm sure that they'll be making some noise but it sounds like a challenge from frank to the bucks fans he basically basically just said with 50 percent capacity it's not going to make a difference so we'll see uh whether they get i mean can they even stand like they're not even allowed to stand <laughs> d- up now right i did hear some some Rules like that that were in place. I, I'm not sure, but once you get up to fifty percent, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a few people. That's a pretty good set, uh, crowd for uh, the old Bradley Center days. Some of the games I went to. So who knows? I'm sure the ticket prices aren't the same as what they used to be uh, back in those days, though. I'll say that. But let's leave it there, eh? What do you say? The Bucks handle the magic. They've got a day off here, uh, and then they will be back at it on Thursday night against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Greg Foster back on the bench. We'll see if he's cooled down a little bit. That should be an entertaining game uh, there. We'll be back tomorrow, though. We're going to be doing a live probably, locker room. Pro- probably no. It seems like Malcolm Brogdon just isn't playing anymore, at which yeah. um, I think he's out with a hamstring. But I guess there was the report that him and Sabonis want Nate Bjorken gone. And <laughs> now he's just not playing. So <laughs> weird, weird season in Indiana for many reasons, but. Um, I don't know. It feels like Brogdon never plays when they when but when Indiana plays the Bucks anyway. Feels like he's always got some really random injury. But um, I don't know. Am I calling out Malcolm Brogdon for being afraid? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, he, he's scared of the Bucks, but it's also the end of the season, and we know this time of year he's he's normally broken down by this time of year. But I'm sure he, I'm sure he's going to be pretty disappointed. I'm sure he's going to be pretty disappointed next year when uh, he's playing under Mike Budenholzer. So uh, the, you know he might have to force his way out of Indiana. We'll see what happens. But all right, we'll leave it on that note. We'll leave it on that note. Frank and myself, we'll be back tomorrow.